thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. So it's episode two. Obviously, last week we did cover the West. So we covered AFC West and NFC West. It's still available, obviously, if you want to go back and give that a re-listen. Um, but this week we're going to focus on the South. So AFC and NFC South. As per usual, delighted to be joined by Rocky. How are you, mate? You all good? I'm good. Hey, everyone. Hey, Sasquatch. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. We survived the first episode. Survived the first episode. Countless terrible takes given out that will age terribly. Come about week two or week three. I think that's, what we, that's what we live for, is the bad takes. <laughs> that's what we aim for. Just remember my good takes. Don't remember my bad takes. Treat me like uh, Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, they're going to continue into this week. I have a funny feeling. Yeah. Tough tough, tough two divisions to, to review now. This yeah. There's a... Uh, a lot of movers and shakers and probably not as many shakers to other divisions but without much further ado we might kick into it um, starting in the AFC so I think it is actually myself who's going to review yeah, one of the more interesting sides you've got the uh, the inaugural honour today yeah so kick it off with the Jacksonville Jaguars so last season not a particularly great season 3-14 and 14, bottom in the AFC south key ins Zay Jones Christian Kirk on a Whopper contract, I think it's 72 million. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, offensive guard. Tyler Shatley, offensive lineman. As well as kind of significant investment in defense with uh, Foy Olakum and Darius Williams. Key outs, if you could say that. Uh, Carlos Hyde, DJ Chark, James O'Shaughnessy, a tight end. Uh, Tavon Austin and Miles Jack, who I think might be a big loss. Their first five fixtures, um, as we said last week, you can't make the playoffs, but you can definitely miss them in your first five fixtures. So Commanders away, Colts at home, Chargers away, Eagles away, and Texans at home. I'm going for a very, very optimistic two out of five. I'd fancy them to beat the Commanders and beat the Texans. The Commanders, I think, may be better towards the end of the season, but I do think, look, you're throwing a new quarterback in there one who struggled the past few seasons across multiple franchises. So to expect him to hit the ground running, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, plus he's also going up against Dougie P, who knows his game, probably inside out. Who's, um, who's the second game, sorry, for the Jags? Colts at home. Colts at home. And and you've you've given the Jags a loss there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have. I know, I know. Uh, we'll get to it obviously I suppose when you're doing your preview but I yeah. do think much improved at the quarterback position um, potentially an understanding of the value to that particular side of running the football too I think after last season so look we, we get to that I don't want to take away your spotlight um, we're just focusing purely on Jacksonville sure um, right now I'm going to analyse each team in a vacuum Um so I suppose look, it's, it's it's an obvious enough conundrum, kind of a prediction for the Jags. You're in year two of the best pro prospect in college football history. You're operating in historically one of the weakest divisions in football. It has to start to work. And I think you're also kind of working in a franchise in which maybe historically speaking, it's not been the best back office ownership group. Uh, in place so I think if it doesn't start to work are people going to start to give Trevor the time or are we going to see knee-jerk reactions in Jacksonville that's kind of my key thing to be looking out for this season 
if it's yeah i think ropey. yeah just i think losing urban meyer is a massive boon it obviously was a huge disaster um for jacksonville i think that alone substantially raises their floor um i can't wait to see dougie p and and trevor lawrence i think it could be a good combo combo wombo Um, yeah, that was my ne- next kind of thing I kind of noted down. It's like obviously, you do as a as an Eagles fan hope to see Doug do well in Jacksonville, and maybe that's sentimental reasons. Be kind of similar to my desire to see Frank do well in Indy. Um, but yeah, just have reservations about that ownership group. I've, and I also think, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say their their off season was just a lot of their acquisitions was very mid-tier uh, sort of overpaying for a lot of mid-tier um, players now I think they're substantially improved from last year but I think they've limited their season or their, their ceiling with what they've brought in would you think substantially improved I don't I don't know how comfortable I'd be saying substantially I do think I a lot of the changes when I, I put when I say substantially, I don't mean they're going to be great. I think they might go from bottom tier to maybe firmly in the middle. I don't think it's any great redemption story. I think just with some of the contracts, they've kind of locked themselves into that mid-tier team. Maybe lower mid-tier um, for a year and and while they acclimate to Doug Peterson. But I don't know. I I do think they've improved, but I just don't love. They've locked themselves into to intermediate, mediocre play. I think. Yeah, I think like, and I suppose the other thing I was just going to add is kind of an added level level of complexity to the situation. Jackson Jacksonville is. I, I do think, and it's a strange thing to say, given it's a different division, it's a different conference. But I think Tom and Tampa for another year, it adds an additional pressure to a Florida kind of base franchise. Yeah. Do you think it just maybe that's why they're having to drop a seventy two million contract on Christian Kirk. Maybe it's it's a bit of a like Buffalo was for years, it's a bit of a free agency nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I like Christian Kirk, but I think he's a much better wide receiver two than a than he is a wide receiver one. Um mm. and that man is solely responsible for some of the crazy contracts this offseason I think mm-hmm. like on a talent level I don't see a huge difference in him and DJ Cherk who they've left that's true as well I suppose DJ Cherk was good um, but I think they just brought in sort of higher uh, they've they've implemented a higher floor but a I'm mean, like not really a lower ceiling their ceiling wasn't very high last year but you would hope I just don't think it's a lot of high tier talent for Trevor Lawrence to work with. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um it will potentially be one of the more I suppose talked about kind of sides on your kind of various American sports talk shows. Especially if they're not early if they're not successful early doors. But are they a playoff contender? Probably not for me. Um so for the casual fan I don't know how much attention you should really pay to Jacksonville no maybe just um, watching the development of Trevor Lawrence <clears throat> I That's think true. he's a 
before he was drafted touted as this generational quarterback like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning obviously that didn't happen at all last year you might have saw it, seen a few uh, flashes but I think that's the biggest storyline in, in Jacksonville mm-hmm. at the moment um, yeah hopefully hopefully they have turned a corner bringing in Doug Peterson maybe you know a stable head coach after um, after last year's debacle it's a perfect word mm. yeah um yeah, that's kind of all I had for for Jacksonville. Um, brief. Um, yeah, uh, but there's not much to them. They had season. such a bad season, and but I think their defense could be good. Um, Mike Caldwell coming over from Tampa as well. I think, and the their defense wasn't bad last year. It wasn't great, but no, but they could have a, a mid tier defense, or hmm. and hopefully build upon that in the next few next few years. Again, I th- it's one of those years I think that Jacksonville can't hope for much but they 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 want to see development in Trevor Lawrence and some of the pass rushes they've drafted over the last few years Trayvon Walker will be something to watch as well as well Caleb Von Chason was kind of people are out on him or going going out on him so we'll see it's a, a lot of development and a few things to watch in Jacksonville but nothing to be too excited about Fair enough. Right. I think we'll move on, will we? Yeah. We'll move on to... uh, Yeah. To that team I was sort of poking at earlier on, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, They had a a behemoth season from their running back, Jonathan Taylor. Um, But they lost the last two games of their season, finishing 9-8. and Winning either of those games would have gotten to the playoffs, but Wentz couldn't get it done um so in the offseason they got rid of him traded him away to the washington commanders then washington football team uh they got a good i think they got a two third round picks or something like that it was a good good haul back good damage control there mm. and of course um jimmer saying chris ballard cursed him out the door very classy move indy um and I'm no Wentz lover, but I thought that was just very out of character for any owner and front office to sort of do. Um, their off season, I think they they kind of retained a lot of pieces. Obviously, they they traded away Wentz. They traded in Matt Ryan to bring that stabi- the stability. Um, they didn't have a first round pick because they gave it up, um, trading for Wentz from Philadelphia and drafted Alec Pierce from Cincinnati in the second round. Uh, they did our tr- bring in Yannick Ngokwe and Stephon Gilmore. So they didn't add a huge amount, but they added good pieces, good quality pieces. Looking at their first five games, at Houston, I gave them a win again. Houston's going to be a fairly bottom-barrel roster. Indy at Jacksonville. Right, okay. I think logic would dictate Indy should beat Jacksonville down but the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014 Andrew Luck was the last Indy quarterback to win for the Colts in Jacksonville look I think I think the Colts will win but I can't pick them I can't pick them it's it's some curse um I think yeah Indy added those few bits 
and got a little bit better. But I think that the Jags, they're not comparable, but I think they improved on a whole relative to their last season. So I just, I can't pick uh, Indy to win here, even though they probably will. Uh, Game three versus Kansas City. Again, Indy, very strong team, but... um, Again, I'd have to go through Kansas's schedule at the moment. It's very tough to give Kansas any losses. Uh, I think, yeah, too much firepower there. Game four versus Tennessee. They Tennessee, I know, actually, I won't go into this too much because I know you're covering Tennessee, but I, I just have a very shaky feeling on Tennessee's offense. Um, I think Indianapolis will hold it together and um, take the win there. Game five at Denver. Again, I covered this in my Denver predictions in episode one. I think Indy is a high floor. I think they'll they'll win that game, possibly with um, Russell Wilson still acclimating. So starting the season three and two, I have them finishing 11 and six and taking the division. So um, after finishing nine and eight, people will be much more amenable to to Matt Ryan than they were to Carson Wentz. Um I one of the th- key things I have to watch for the season is if Matt Ryan can't win in Jacksonville in week 2, will he get the same hate that Wentz did? Um and I I don't think he, if it happens, I don't think he will. I think there's a difference between losing a game at the start of the season and right at the end of it. I think it's unlikely because the issue it wins is it's the Matt Ryan is is very much risk adverse. I'm not saying he, he doesn't take risks, but it's it's a far more composed um, pocket pressure, throw it away yeah. type of game. Yeah, like there's been reports of I think it was David Sweat was chasing Carson Wentz in training and telling him to throw it away, and Carson Wentz tripped across himself, dropped the ball and fumbled it out of bounds. Classic, because it was only a training. That's game. why we love him. That's why we love yeah. him. That's why we love. Him. He's he's not on the roster anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know how I feel about the wide receiving core. Yeah, um, I was gonna Memphis. I was gonna bring that up. Um, pretty weak after Michael Pittman. Um, I don't think T Y Hilton is back yet, or I don't think he's signed. Mm. Um, it's yeah again Matt Ryan was used to working with uh, Julio Jones for the majority of his career last year he did have a down year without Calvin Ridley so it it will be interesting to see what he looks like Mm. this year and I know Michael Pittman had a good year last year but uh, it'll be worth looking at to see if he's can get into proper wide receiver one territory this year yeah, I uh, I don't we'll get to it at the end. I'm not sure I agree with your placement in the division, um, but I'll probably get to that too, okay. fairly shortly. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah, the, the Colts one is... It's kind of a franchise that I, I want to do well purely because I feel sorry for them over the whole Michael Luck... Or Andrew Luck, rather, sorry. Yeah. They had they had their franchise quarterback, and, and I don't berate him for it either but they still lost potentially prime years of his career yeah yeah and I suppose you can put it back on them for their 
lack of priority on the offensive mm-hmm. line. Yeah. But it is still... I remember waking up one of the mornings and just reading that news and just was blown away. Like, no indication before it happened. Yeah. Kind of awful. It's, it's, it's the stick they'll always be bet with. Like, you you Peyton Manning and you land your luck and you've got one Super Bowl show for it. Yep. Yep. It's the stick you will always be bet for. Um, that is my take on the Indianapolis Colts. I obviously, yeah, I obviously have them higher than you. Um, I'm, ha- I'm, like, you, maybe you could talk me down a game or two, but I still think they take the division. I think you're moving on to Tennessee, and they might be the competition, um, so let's head there. They might be the competition. Well, surprise, surprise, it's the Texans. No, <laughs> um, no um, so obviously next up is Tennessee Titans. Last season, 12-5, and five, defeated by the, ben- by the Bengals in the divisional round. Um, key ins, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Harold Landry. Uh, key outs, obviously, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Dante Foreman, the running back we couldn't remember last week and Darrington Evans uh, additionally they also got rid of uh, David Qu- Quesenbury and Roger Saffold so two offensive guards shipping out um, first five games Giants at home Bills away Raiders at home Colts away and Commanders away have them winning at a minimum three of those games I obviously picking them to, to beat the Giants the Bills away, I do find them to lose that one, but that to me is a coin toss for a fixture all the same. Raiders at home could be a difficult fixture. Colts yeah. away, difficult. Commanders to win. So they'll win the two NFC East fixtures, and I think yeah. they'll pick up at a minimum one at the middle three. See, yeah, see, I always view Tennessee with a high floor. Hmm. I'm like you can argue about their ceiling with yeah Ryan Tannehill, but Derrick Henry just gives them just such a high floor. Yeah, I suppose my my thing to kind of look out for was this, I kind of looking at the ins and outs. I thought there was a lot of talk about the routes this season. Yeah, but when you look at what's come in, I'm not so sure. Like I think I think the. Titans are going to be quietly confident. Like, I know they got rid of A.J. Brown and Julio, but I'm not sure those are wide receivers that suit Tannehill's playing style. And I think Austin Hooper, I know he surplus the requirements in Cleveland, but I think he's a very, very good tight end. And I think Robert Woods is more of that kind of slant runner that arguably the Titans are missing. They're obviously going to lean on King Henry. We're not, like, debating that. But I... I think the key issue is obviously going to be can Henry stay fit for the season. He's had one or two injury issues in the last few seasons. Nothing major, but it puts the pressure on the running back too. And I do think they held on to Hillard um, and obviously moved out Dante Foreman. I think they could have stuck or twisted on either of them. Um, I I did probably prefer Foreman last year. I thought he brought a lot of value down the stretch. Um, nothing to the level of Henry um, but I think you've got a at least at least league average quarterback a potential Hall of Fame running back and a great defence and a solid solid coach I don't think there's a huge amount you can do wrong there um, so I think 
Yeah, no, they're going that's fair enough. Similar Sorry, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm probably underrating their defense. The defense was good last year, and mm-hmm. they've got the continuity. Um, mm-hmm. My reservations with Tennessee are, yeah, as you say, Derrick Henry's um, durability. Like he's he's not been proven to be particularly injury prone. It's just wear and tear will happen soon, eventually. Um, did that sort of yeah. start the show last season? Or was it isolate an isolated injury? Um, I'm just I'm I'm hedging my bets and I'm saying after the usage he's had over the last couple of years, we might start to see either more injuries or a reduced work workload. Um, That's the thing. He's not had that. He's lucky in the essence. He's not had that big injury. No. He's not had that ACL. He's not had that shoulder dislocation. He's not had. Any long-term injuries? They have been soft tissue issue uh, injuries. Now they have been some. I think we said four or five weeks last last year. So they've been long enough, but it's just most players have one of them in their career. Yeah, uh, I see. I'd also have a bit of issue with their with their passing offense. Um, Robert Woods. Yep, I like Robert Woods a lot. Um, but he is coming off an ACL injury, so mm-hmm. I would just hesitate to to say he'll slot in there perfectly. Um, their wide receiver too will probably be Traylon Burks, who he's not had a great... I suppose as we do these episodes, we'll have the benefit of at looking at training camp as it goes on and preseason games. But he's been taking reps with, I think, third stringers. He had conditioning issues early in training camp and he was he was limping after the last preseason game. So it just gives me cause for concern. Um, so look, if everything goes right for Tennessee, yeah, they could easily take the division. I'm just, it's I, I don't want to give them the benefit of the, of the doubt. Not because I'm biased against them. I'm I'm not predicting an injury for Jonathan Taylor because last season was his full proper season as a work as a workhorse mm. running back. I, I I'll give him. A couple of years before I start predicting his injury, it's just Derrick Henry's been so dominant for so long. Um, mm-hmm. So That's I'm fair. just their defense so solid. I'm just a bit iffy on on what could go wrong for Tennessee. Fair. Um, that's okay. It's we we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we'll we'll definitely agree on the next one. Yes. Yeah. The, I think we'll we'll probably get through this without too much argument. Record time. Then I'll. To Houston, the Houston Texans. What a metamorphosis they've undergone over the last couple of years, trading away Deshaun Watson, um, the trading away DeAndre Hopkins two years ago, JJ Watt uh, a year ago. I'm like, you'd look back and you'd say, geez, these must have been a, a solid team a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I suppose they were. Uh, Watson had a couple of good years, but. But not really any longer. It's it's a shell of what it once was. They also traded away Jadavian Clowney and and of course Deshaun Watson. They got good value back on Deshaun Watson. It should set them up hopefully for a rebuild um over the next couple of years. But they went for and provided. Sorry. Provided we put an asterisk beside that. It's that provided that someone with a few brain cells is yeah. walking in the front office. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not convinced. They went four and thirteen. 
they had hired David Cully last year to sort of... Well, I don't know what they hired him for because the, he went 4-13. and I thought he did well enough, but it wasn't good enough to, to give him a second year. I know he's he was one of the older coaches, but anyway, they fired David Cully and they hired Lovey Smith. Um, the, uh, the NFL's perfect franchise for the Rooney rule, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. I'm like, factor in that Josh McCown and Jonathan Gannon were by far and away the, the front runners for the job and Brian Flores creates all this hassle over um, and rightly so over over diversity mm. in head coaching positions all of a sudden Lovey Smith he's our guy nothing to do yeah, with he's, been, he's black it's purely based on his merits um, a fellow who's been out of the kind of running for, for job discussion for a while Um no one's calling breaking down Eric Bieniemy's door. That's that's uh, uh, still baffles me. Is there anything to that? Me. There has to be. I I don't know why. But I don't even know why Texan didn't put a, you know, yank the ripcord on on signing him over over Lovey Smith. I don't know. I think maybe two bad stints as head coach. I think maybe Kansas has been. Maybe he's happy to stay in Kansas until yeah. it's the right opportunity. Like, do you yes. leave offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs to go for a year and be a head coach? Yeah. Because the Texans probably is a year job. While, while uh, Mahomes is there, I think he'll have his pick of the jobs every year mm. and he's probably waiting for the right one. Um, yeah. Overall, look, the maybe the cause for optimism for the Texans is they have maybe a viable starter in Davis Mills, a fourth round pick. That's... Uh, he played I think he had the second best rookie uh, season after Mac Jones so that's maybe a glimmer of hope there for Texans maybe they'll build around him but you can only imagine if if they do have another poor season they'll invest in a quarterback Um, some key ins I suppose they drafted Derek Stingley Jr uh, Kenyon Green Jalen Petrie and John Mechie I think it's a very solid draft again one good draft doesn't make a bad team a good team. You need to kind of consistently do that for years. But it's a good start. They signed Stephen Nelson, Marilyn Mack, Royce Freeman, and Camo Gugier Hill. That's a solid B-list cast of football players. Um, maybe might get them creep up towards average. Uh, and they lost Justin Reed, who probably was their best, one of their best players last year. Uh, really, really good safety. And to Rod Taylor, who's now backing up. Danny Dimes in New York. Uh, is, it, is it Tyrod or Tyrod? Oh, that's that's a, another debate for another episode. I'll defer to your pronunciation. Um, yeah, okay. This this is a little grim stretch. Their first five games at Indy loss. Um, outside of Brandon Cooks and Laramie Tunsil on offense, pff, there's not much there. There isn't much there. I don't see them putting up many points against Indy, nor being able to keep points off the board um, against them. Um, game two at Denver. Again, just a consistently better roster in Denver. At Chicago, I'm actually going to give that to the Texans. I think Chicago, yeah, I'm giving that to the Texans. Um, I th- Chicago definitely has the better quarterback. Well... Yeah, he it probably has the better quarterback. Um, 
and has some and better running back. I, it's a coin flip. It really is of the most miserable, pitiful terms. Uh, but I'm going to give it to the Texans. I think like it's very hard to go. 0 and 16 in a season, and I don't have them. Nor 1 and 5 or 1 and 16, um, 0 and 17. I should have said. I think they'll. I think they'll take um, that game at Chicago. Game four at the Chargers. Um, no question. I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, lost to the Chargers and game five at Jacksonville. Um, obviously, I said Davis Mills had a better rookie season than Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that'll be better or the same in year two. I think I think um, Jacksonville will be much improved. I think they'll they'll fare against or playing bad teams won't be as much a coin flip again with Jacksonville. I think they'll, I they'll guess so. yeah. So I have them starting the season one and five and finishing the season three and fourteen. I have a section here key thing key things to watch. And this is what I've uh, written down. College football to see who they want for the, the number one pick and the Cleveland Browns <laughs> because they have their first round pick um, and they might get, you know, they'll be hoping for the best best value possible. <sighs> Grim stuff, I think, for Houston. I'd love to... See, I've always wanted to, to support uh, a Texas team and I can't obviously <laughs> root for the Dallas Cowboys because I hate them. Um, but the Texans make it so difficult, so difficult. Maybe the Titans move back to Houston yeah, and go back to being the Oilers. Yeah, and yeah, it's not good stuff for Houston. Maybe you can um, offer their fans some optimism. Uh, I hear tickets are an all-time low. Um, <laughs> I, the price is meant to be phenomenal. I hear uh, the head of operations gives a great service on a Saturday evening. I wonder what uh, the stadium, there. like the the stadium food, is like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You'd have to go to Texas to do that. Um, yeah, no, not a lot of optimism here for me. The jerseys are relatively nice. Um, both the red and navy strip are some of the nicer kits in the NFL but other than that no I don't have an awful lot of good to say about the Texans no um, I think they're, they're not a lot's going to change in Houston until they change ownership the amount of time they stood by Bill O'Brien and wasted like pretty phenomenal talent um, when you look across kind of the players that have walked out and left um, like even if you go back prior to Hopkins and stuff like you obviously had Andre Johnson you had Arian Foster who I thought was one of the best running backs in the in the, in the the NFL at one stage um, they've had like loads of talent pretty much since they, they joined but they've never quite been able to build on that talent they kind of looked their way into talent and they never built around that talent mm-hmm. um, I know you mentioned Clowney he probably was a bust um, in terms of what was expected of him yeah. versus what he ended up being but no doubt he's still a good piece in a good side. Um, if you put him on, on the Texans defense, he's one of the top three mm. players. Mm. And that's that's being conservative. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right now he's probably the top one. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, um So now they 
Yeah. Potentially hard bit. I think we might be fairly in agreement tonight. Um, AFC South. How would you rank them? Do you want to start at the bottom? I think we just did. Uh, I think we just did. Yeah. Um, Texans, fourth. Third. Yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and I think here we split is Titans Colts. I yeah. Don't put Titans one, you put the Titans, uh, the Colts to one. Yeah, I would have the Colts first. Um, My argument here is Titans aren't going to drop a game against Jacksonville. Yeah, that's that's a great point. A great point. Um, whereas Indianapolis can only hope to go one and one. Can only hope to split. Um, look, I think if everything went right for Tennessee, I think they could take the division. Um, so I'm I'm happy to cede to you and to put Tennessee first because I am I am sort of banking on things to go wrong for them. But if I was to be fair and things were to go right, I'd 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 say Tennessee could be first. Yeah, look, and, and definitely Everton could go right for the Colts, but I think if Everton goes right for the Titans and Everton goes right for the Colts, the Titans still beat them out. Yeah, I mean, like, you could argue, well, in terms of, of offense, they couldn't have got much better last year. Well, certainly not for Jonathan Taylor. It was in a monstrous season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt Ryan might offer a bit more stability, you know, particularly in, mm-hmm. in games they should win. But you're right. I think if things if if Traylon Burks and Robert Woods look good and Derrick Henry stays on the field, yeah, I think Tennessee could take it. And who's who's the other tight end at the Titans? Um is it I know they've brought in Berkser? I thought he was it was dead. yeah, I thought he was decent last year. Johnny Smith is what no Johnny Smith's gone. Yeah, he's gone to Patriots. Patriots. Ferks, I think he certainly was, and he, I think he was decent. Yeah, he's decent. So how do I don't know? I just think they're starting to build that roster around the quarterback. Obviously, it's going to be run heavy, but no, scratch that. Yeah, Ferks, sorry, yeah, he's gone to to um, the Falcons. Fair. Okay. Well, yeah. Look, I suppose Titans, uh, Colts, Jags, Texans were somewhat in agreement there for the AFC South. So, moving on. NFC South this time. Um, I'll be taking the lead on the first one. So, be my guest. Yeah, well, thanks very much. So, obviously, it's probably the more intriguing side in the NFC South. Love fortunate enough to get it this week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, last season, they finished 13-4. Defeated by the Rams in the divisional round. In a game that arguably could have gone either way. Um, but look. Uh, Keyans, I suppose, technically, Tom... Yeah, technically. He's year to um, year. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones, Kyle Rudolph, Akeem Hicks, and a host of re-signings. Um, the key outs, Ronald Jones, Gronk, tied for the second time, OJ Howard, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominic Sue, Richard Sherman, and I don't know, do we include Antonio Brown? I, I, I think it goes with the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun little experiment there gone wrong um, their first five and, and here's I'm really struggling with Tampa this year um, so Cowboys away Saints away Packers at home Chiefs at home and Falcons at home I didn't think they could go anywhere there between two and three 
but they could also be form one very easily Cowboys first up that's typically we then boys season first game out Saints away gotta back them there no matter what Packers at home in Lambeau sorry it's Packers at home sorry so it's a toss up there for me um, Chiefs as well I think probably will over I think I predicted them to beat the Chiefs in the in the Chiefs preview last week and then Falcons at home you gotta fancy them there so definitely gonna win the Saints and the Falcons but they could pick anywhere I think that they'll lose one of the Cowboys away Packers at home and Chiefs at home I'm just not sure which one I think they'll lose yeah at least one mm. but they could potentially lose all three I think last year um they opened up against Dallas and that was a close game mm. um, I I love to also predict uh, Dallas overconfidence to start the season and I think they're a worse team than they were last yeah. year so definitely touching the teaser as, as to that alluded to that anyway I yeah. suppose th- things to watch look Tom is back is it his final season you'd think so but you just never know and they've kind of they have splashed some cash to kind of win now, um, so I think they might know within the organisation that this is the last go around now. Like I think Akeem Hicks, I think is a brilliant sign up, definitely underrated his time in Chicago. Um, friendly reminder, I suppose, to Man United fans is that you are not the Glazers' priority right now. Um, Tom is had to get that one in, <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got to be favourites for the division, uh, particularly with what with what's going on elsewhere. The NFC South is beginning to feel a bit like the AFC East of the noughties for me. Um, kind of the Dolphins, the Bills and, and the Jets just kind of let the Patriots yeah. work away. And it's kind of feeling a bit like that right now. Yeah. The opening five is, is a difficult... It is a difficult slog. That is a tough stretch to start the season. Season. Um, that's largely a result of the last few seasons and the kind of difficulty quoting whatever whatever way it works again do you think um, in those first five games alright let's give um, Tampa the win against the Falcons in week five do you think they could start one and four if things go wrong no. Cowboys Saints no. you, you think they'll you're giving them the Saints win yeah I, I don't think they're going to drop a game in the division um, the only difficult place Ooh. to actually go and play is New Orleans and they're now Sands a Hall of Fame coach yeah. And the hope and Winston is competent. Um, I think the Saints potentially are a dumpster fire this year. I think people forget just how good of a coach Sean Payton is, and what the Saints were prior to his arrival. Um, on the back of kind of Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that. Um, they will probably like. I'm not as gung ho on them as I have been in the past two seasons, but I do think they're going to arrive in the playoffs. And they're likely going to be a close proximity to kind of a home playoff run. Um, We're back on that, Tampa. Yeah. Back talking yeah. about Tampa. Sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saints are layer. Saints are layer. You keep yeah. interrupting my reviews with different sides. I'm so eager to talk about the Saints. I really... Saints. <laughs> I can't. The I Aints. can't wait. We'll get them. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I think... Look, I think Tampa are going to arrive in the playoffs. And they, they probably won't have... They probably won't be the first or second seed. Maybe they'll be the second seed, but just based on the strength of their comp- uh, division but I do think they'll be there or thereabouts if they maybe overcome a side in the first round they could end up getting kind of home playoff run who knows um, they're 
but they're probably for me the hardest side to break this season like I know I keep going against him and I know I really shouldn't he's one of my major hang ups in the world of sport I just I can't root for Tom I can appreciate what he is I can appreciate how fantastic he is I can appreciate he's the best player in NFL history but I just can't root for him and it's one of my major hang ups and I he has to fall off a cliff he just has to he has to prove that he is human he has to yeah just waiting for it and have been for a number of years decades decades um yeah i suppose ryan jensen went down there so that's a concern um now there's been rumors that tampa bay will go for um jc treader is still out there um but then there's also talk that he's been i think he is the head of the players association and he's sort of played hardball with the nfl over player safety so there's talk talk that he's being blackballed by NFL teams so who knows if that'll happen it's just that offensive line I think is starting to not worry me I think it's still very good with um, Tristan Wirfs and um, the guard they got from New England Shaq Mason was it? Mm. Shaq Mason but uh, just that that injury to Ryan Jensen is just a little bit gives you the shivers yeah that's fair yeah um, but I just think look, look, look around the division I think they'll be fine they'll, they'll be fine so it's yeah yeah they just again with Tom they have a high floor a high ceiling it's hard to bet against them they've also locked up some key players um, Fournette I know they let Ron Jones go I think like he's tried it with AB I think Tom really has up my Julio now I know he wasn't great in, in Tennessee last season but I yeah. think he can make it work because he's mentally stable yeah yeah look again it's it's health wise for Julio if he can stay on the field again mm. he could be dangerous Mike Evans Chris Godwin and Julio Jones could be D- a- dangerous yep Kyle Rudolph's not bad tight end as well he's not great but he's not bad yeah he's so uh, he's 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 forgettable but yeah he's solid enough I suppose mm. um, he's no Gronk but look they, they, the resources are clearly in wide receiver this year mm. yeah. and again Lenny just get him to the playoffs let him do his thing So yeah, I think it'll be an easy first place in the NFC South. But I think now, so. Now is where it gets that little bit more intriguing. It gets a bit murky, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I'm gonna scoot all over to um, Carolina, and let's talk about the Panthers. They went five and twelve. They started off three and zero. Sam Darnold, rushing touchdown leader, given Lamar Jackson quandaries, um, but of course. Um, they came down to earth. Uh, Cam Newton came back, played in week 10, triumphant return, smashed the Cardinals. And then in Cardinal or in, in Carolina Panther form, they didn't win another game. That's the rest of the season. Um, yeah, they're, they're just uh, another one of those teams in limbo. It's kind of hard to see. Well, actually, 
I, that was my opinion a few weeks ago. I've actually started to to grow to like the Panthers. I think they have, on paper, I think they have quite a decent roster. If you look... Um, Considering the money that is tied up at the quarterback position, they have an exceptionally decent roster. If McCaffrey can stay fit, I think they could surprise a lot of people. I think, look, Baker Mayfield, a lot of people don't love him, but I think he's serviceable. Mm. Sam Darnold is probably... Obviously not a starter, but he's probably a, a fairly good backup. Um, well, we thought he was Jesus incarnated uh, in the first three weeks of the season last year. Yeah, I think yeah, if he's if he's in a backup role, you could squint your eyes and maybe, yeah, you could see it. You could get a hot stretch. You could get a hot stretch. Sometimes. As you say, Christian McCaffrey, if he is um, healthy, that's that's dangerous. Now, I don't know if he will be, but... We forgot about him last week, and he's getting two mentions this week. They signed Dante Foreman, and I think I th- he could have a he could have a nice season himself if as C Max handcuff if he goes down. Um, if you look at their draft, they didn't have too many draft picks because, despite being quite a bottom of the barrel team for the last couple of years, they trade as if they're in win now mode, mm-hmm. trading a second round for Darnold, which is frankly just insane anyway they drafted Iki Iquanu could be a franchise left tackle very good at run blocking which only complements um, Christian McCaffrey and they took a a long shot on Matt Corral so they have maybe uh, their developmental quarterback there um, who else did they bring in <laughs> Johnny Hecker so special teams are are sorted uh, they re-signed DJ Moore I think he's I think he's an underrated receiver probably mm-hmm. less so than a couple of years ago, but but I I I like DJ more. They built onto the offensive line, Bradley Bozeman and Austin Corbett. That's again kind of fixing a lot of their weaknesses from last year. Now it's not finished, but it's much improved. Xavier Woods, Dante Foreman, as I mentioned. So some good additions there. Some really good additions there. Um they lost Stefan Gilmore. You know he's he's older now. He's not the player he was in twenty. Was it eighteen or nineteen? He was defensive player of the year. He's certainly not that player. Anymore. I know what Stephen Gilmore is. I know what he can be. Carolina yeah. didn't get any of that. No last season. I don't think they. It's I think they're a huge loss to them. The biggest loss will be Hassan Reddick. Um, mm. I think top three sacks over the last three years. So. Uh, that's a lot of Carolina's pass rush, pass rush, rush uh, gone. Um, but again, some good additions there. I think a lot of people are forgetting what they have. They have J.C. Horn, who was injured, but looked good before he was injured. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Henderson. They've got Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. Like That's, that's the makings of a really good defense there. Mm-hmm. And as said, the... Offensive line built onto C Mac running back, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Maybe not star studded, but if things if they had a good quarterback, I think that's a high floor they should have. It is it is phenomenal the how the quarterback narrative can control the whole perception it's, of the franchise <laughs> and how we can just overlook the fact that I know he was out last season with an injury, but prior to that C-Mac was everyone's number one pick in fantasy football like yeah such is his dominance so yeah no I I have a 
have a high prediction for Panthers, especially in that division. Um, we're probably going to touch on two sides shortly enough who might pose alternative questions for us. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you've anything more to add on the Panthers. Do I? I also have a soft spot. They're my, they're my dad's side. So I, I, oh, I do, okay. a, I do so like the, like I want to like the Panthers. Mm. I, I I like the team. I love their their colour scheme and their kit. I think it's it's very nice to look at. I suppose I don't think I actually went over the first five games. For game one at Cleveland. I think Lovely they'll take story that. Storyline there is yeah. Nice. Yes. Now I think I think we kind of glossed over Russell Wilson going back to Seattle week one. That's not a storyline. That's mm. there's nothing there really. Um okay, apart from four Seahawk fans, but in terms of the wider NFL, not really. Cle or Baker going back to Cleveland or playing Cleveland at home, I should say. That's that's a story. Mm. Um particularly maybe more so if Deshaun Watson was playing, he won't be, but but even still. I I argue the counter. I think it's more of a story if, if Deshaun is not playing and he is an ultimate like he's a brilliant performance which he can do every once in a while and it's like you traded me away for a player who's not playing with a criminal investigation it's not like this came out after you got him this was known when you traded for him yeah and now you have five more games to go and here I am balling out in Cleveland and I'm a former number one pick Heisman Trophy winner what do you think see I like I, I don't really lean into sort of revenge games too much but but you see it sometimes it, it really happens if there's a quarterback who leans into revenge games it's Baker Mayfield yes yeah I look, Baker I, Mayfield below Tom Brady he just doesn't have the talent of Tom Brady I, so I'm going to um, I'm going to give them that win against Cleveland I think yeah mm-hmm. the disarray there like they they won't have Deshaun so and I think like I said the pieces are there to be for Carolina to be um, an average team or better Game two in New York against the Giants. I think this could be a low-scoring game. I think New York will be favouring its defence, its offence through training camp and the preseason just hasn't looked good. I think by week two, people will be calling for Mr. Taylor, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor to to be the starter. Um, I think... And Carolina has the better offense to to pull the win out of the bag there. But I think the defenses will keep it low. I'm only after revising this prediction um, earlier on today. I have Carolina beating New Orleans in week three. I think New Orleans are going into the season firmly confident in Jameis. And I think it's a little bit misplaced. I um, I think it'll be a trap game. Because they'll be playing Tampa Bay the week before. And they'll be like, okay, um, Carolina will be a reprieve before playing Minnesota. Um, and I think they'll they'll just they'll let their guard down. And I think Carolina will be up for it more than they will. Um, game four versus Arizona and game five versus San Fran. Two losses. I think maybe they could eke one out against Arizona. But I think overall those two will have um, better teams. I think the loss of Hassan Reddick will will show against Arizona. He's a, a speed rusher, and that's one way to beat Kyler is to keep him in the pocket, and you do that with speed. 
Um, I think I think they'll start the season three and two and finish the season eight and nine. And I think, look, if I if I went through it again, we'll we'll get into it when we when I talk about the Saints when we talk about the Saints. But for me, they're a second or third place team, mm. which kind of tips my hand for the Saints. But but I think I think the Carolina Carolina Panthers are a little bit underrated. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd be in agreement. Um, I kind of would have had an opinion with the the general masses, I suppose, before I sat down to do the previews, or whatever. And then I was like, no, actually, do you know what? We're a potential sleeper here. Um, yeah, potential sleeper, especially given the there's a few maybe weaker divisions in the NFC than there is in the AFC. So, um, yeah, look, I'm I'd be in agreement. Um, I suppose next up for me is is the Atlanta Falcons last season I actually thought they were a lot worse than this but they finished with a record of 7-10 and 10. third in the NFC South um, the key ins technically um, Marcus Mariota Brian Edwards a host of potential training squad players um, but some key re-signings in Koo Parson and Grady Jarrett it was kind of big for them um, key outs obviously we know Matt Ryan Josh Rosen Russell Gage Mike Davis Hayden Hurst uh, Fayola Kuhn, who I alluded to earlier on in the episode, and then they are they are obviously hit with that season long suspension for for Calvin Ridley as well, which is liking out this season. The first five Saints at home, Rams away, Seattle away, Browns at home, and Buccaneers away. I'm only giving them one win out of that. It is the it's Seattle away. Um, I really think they're going to struggle this year. I suppose my things to look out for. Kind of my my brief synopsis, I suppose. Like there is talent on the roster. It's just probably not evenly dispersed. Um, like you have those home hit run, hit, home run hitters in in Patterson and Koo. And I do like great Grady Jarrett. Um, but they've they've given up on a few players and stuff like that. I'm surprised at letting go of Russell Gage when you knew really was out for the season. Um, you could hold on to him. Like, what is Mariota gonna? facilitate at this stage in his career other than a rebuild um, I think they have the highlight package players obviously Pitts as well as Patterson and Brian Edwards is a good he's not a great one but he is a good receiver um, yeah I just think they're going to struggle I think but Mariota you're probably looking at probably one of the worst third down conversion rates in the league this season um, Bradley Pinion probably going to be the most active kicker in the league um, a fantasy now, tip yeah now I'm sorry Atlanta fans but like you probably were expecting it um, to be fair yeah I think they're they're consent, by consensus they're they're down there yeah um, and I, li- I like Atlanta as a franchise but the, the, they're in for a year of hurt a year of hurt but the one thing I would say and they'd be surprised it could be a brilliant time to enter a rebuild for the fact that Tom's age 45 there's a high possibility that Go through a tough year, maybe a tough two years, you bounce out of that as the best side in the division at the end of Tom's career. Because where well, we touched on the Panthers, I still think they're maybe not too far away from a rebuild. If if Chris McCaffrey has another ACL, you're like, right, let's tear this down. That's our star player. The Saints, I just I just have a bad feeling about where the Saints are. Um like to see them bounce back but I think they're definitely in for a year of hurt this year 
um, and not quite sure they have the cap space and the maneuverability to rebuild because their cap space has been smashed for for a considerable amount of time um, so they are in cap space hell on top of champagne walking out the door um, but yeah it's going to be a tough year for the Falcons but I would be hopeful of the future I do think it's for a better good if that makes sense yeah, so yeah that's all, all I had in the Falcons this, yeah I don't think I have much more to add in the Falcons um, yeah I guess Desmond Desmond Riddler eyes will be on him to see if if they do have a high draft pick, whether they're replacing him or whether they're building around him. Um, I think it'll be early enough we'll see him starting in the season. Mm. Um, but what happened? Like, Mark, Marcus Mariota filled in for Derek Carr there for a game or two in Las Vegas. And he had a good couple of games and people were raving. He was a, a hot topic for starting games. And is it now that he's in Atlanta and there's no roster around him? Because, like, I, I'm not high on Marcus Mariota, but I thought there'd be more hype around him, given that he, he had that sort of hot phase in Las Vegas, starting two games. Yeah, well, look, I think it's two wildly different franchises, I think, in terms of the state of play they're in. I think... Marcus Mariota is a bit like Sam Darnold. What we now know Sam Darnold to be, he, he could have two or three hot games, but he's just not going to be consistent. Sure. He's a bit like Nick Foles post-Super Bowl. He had one or two games, one or two glimpses there. You're like, oh, he's back. But it's only a two or three game stretch. You can't stay consistent. Yeah, and streaky. And you're also asking him to be a quarterback. No matter who, like, there's very few, few sides they're going to play this year. Barry your Seattle's, Barry your Texans, probably your Jets, depending on, I know it's kind of looking positive, but depending on the Zach Wilson injury, there's very few sides they're going to play where they're not going to be the weaker roster. And in Las Vegas, they, they weren't predominantly the stronger roster, but I think they were a further higher up, so they're potentially playing weaker sides, and I just think it's easier to be dominant, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it in Atlanta. If you're yeah. done, if you're done. Let's 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 hit us up them Ains because I know you're desperate to talk. We've itching the end. Itching. Finished nine and eight. Uh, Saints fans will not stop talking about Jameis's first week um, when he threw for 160 yards and five touchdowns, and they think he's he's God's gift from Earth now, and he's going to lead them to another Super Bowl. Uh, he went down with an ACL tear. Um, and he was succeeded by a combo of Ian Buck, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, which, it, in fairness, nearly got them to the playoff. They finished 9-8, and eight, but I think they kind of limped there. In the offseason, they signed Andy Dalton as a backup, which is certainly a, a higher quality backup than Ian Buck, Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. They also, they actually added a lot this offseason. They added Jarvis Landry, um, they replaced Marcus Williams with Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. Michael Thomas should, re well, he should return. It, it, who knows what he'll look like? Uh, they drafted Chris Olave, Trevor Penning. Taysom Hill, full-time switch to tight end now. Um, he learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. 
They lost to Ron Armstead, which is, I suppose, big in the grand scheme of things, but he'd missed a lot of time last year. And there's this Alvin Kamara suspension looming. Um, uh, Who knows what's going to happen? There's a hearing happening on September 29th, so that's after week two. So he is likely going to start the season. Um, There's been talk that the suspension mightn't even come this year but mm. it's 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 looming and it, it will happen eventually there's no way he won't be suspended um anything to add before we get into this schedule prediction no i just i i think a lot of people are underestimating just how good of a coach coach sean payton was and how much trouble they could be in this i think there's a thing like when you're at a certain level for a prolonged period, people just expect that that's that franchise or that yeah. club's level. Yeah. Whereas history tells us that's the anomaly, not the rule. Sean Payton left and there was no drop-off in expectations for mm. media, for fans. Um, Dennis Allen had the Saints defence looking good the last couple of years but he's a very details oriented coach and it's not likely he'll be able to maintain or that the the defense will have that continuity um when he's managing the whole team um there's a lot of talk about continuity but it's 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 not really continuity if your head coach walks away and your defensive coordinator goes from defensive coordinator to head coach we were talking about um uh, Nathaniel Hackett, he was a good of, uh, offensive coordinator and he's now head coach of the Denver Broncos. They're two separate jobs. Um, There's also the trending issue of it being an offensive league and defensive coordinators, defensive-minded coach, head coaches not necessarily being successful and potentially aging out if you look at Seattle, if you look at New England. It's kind of... Yeah, or if you look at even um, Brandon Staley last year, defensive coordinator for the Rams and he had a winning season but it was again a consensus that it was a disappointing season exactly um, and as you say the salary cap is going to come back and bite the Saints uh, it just has to otherwise it's a it has to you can, exactly the <laughs> Saints fans are the main proponents of saying that it is a myth uh, yeah. and to be honest <laughs> that's starting to me to sound as if they're they're saying the moon landings were fake it's going to come back and it's going to come back hard yes. I'm like they lost Teron Armstead and Marcus Williams and that's just and that's because of the sap calorie it's going to come back they're just they're kicking these contracts backloading them and kicking them down the road it's they might only have a year or two in cap hell but it, it will be bleak play, paying for some oh, players will that be, are not on the roster it will be cap hell yeah. it, like it people are on about the Rams this is a different beast this is a different beast to Capel yeah the only way it won't come back to bite them is if the salary cap explodes and then they still they still need to play conservatively over the next year rather than you know backloading contracts in Mm. proportion to how they expected Mm. to expand it's it's a it must be a really well paid job (laughs) in the the finance office in New Orleans. Yeah. Spreadsheet or, acrobatics. 
Yeah. Anyway, just for the first five games of the season, at Atlanta, I'm going to give the Saints the win there. They are the better roster. Game two versus Tampa Bay. If you ask any Saints fan, most Saints fans, they'll say they're going to sweep Tom Brady this year. They did it last year. They've had a very good record against Tom Brady, but no, I, I think in Tampa, actually, it's it's actually in New Orleans, but um, I think I think Tam, uh, Tom and Tampa, Tampa, um, will take it there. Um, game three at Carolina. Yeah, I already said this when I was covering the Carol or the, covering the Panthers. I think they will be looking ahead to Minnesota, viewing the game at Carolina as a win, and I think they'll actually be upset here. Um, game four versus Minnesota, the game they were looking to, and I have them dropping it to Minnesota, and that's look. I don't think the Saints are a terrible team. Um. The loss to Carolina is because their their heads were at this game in Minnesota. And Minnesota, I think, are a much better team than they were or their record indicated last year. I think Minnesota will be a good team this year and that's that's how why they're they're dropping it there. And game five, um, versus Seattle and the the Saints will beat up on, on the bad teams. They at least have that. Um so they'll start the season three and two. I have them finishing Eight and nine. Same as the Panthers. Um yeah, look my my sort of my notes then are just it's in part kind of looking at what's gonna happen with Alvin Kamara's suspension. If you looked at their offense last year, Alvin Kamara was what it was, their offense? was it. Um Who's the who's the back of running back um in the morning? This is it's not Stilengo. No. I don't know. I need to look that up. I don't have it here. Um They've moved on for their, their usual Oh no, it's um they traded traded from the Texans what's his name? He was on the Ravens, he was on I'm saying, Mark Ingram. Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah, it is Mark yeah. Ingram. It is Mark Ingram, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um Yeah, I think I don't think Look, the Ravens didn't want them and uh, him, and, and they're a running team. I think he's mm-hmm. not got too much juice left. Um, look, if the suspension for Kamara doesn't happen this year, all well and good. But uh, if it happens this year, it's the running game won't be there for New Orleans, and I don't particularly trust Jameis as a passer. No, even with Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas. And Chris Olave, you know, Olave's a rookie. It's hard to predict. Um, Michael Thomas, who knows what he'll look like and when he'll come back, or when he'll come back. And Juice Landry, he's not a wide receiver one. Yeah. I like I like Jarvis Landry a lot, um, but it's just can he handle what might be wide receiver one volume? And just to. Yeah, it all comes back to Sean Pete, Payton and what do the Saints look like without yeah. Sean Payton, yeah. Which is fair. Um, yeah, I suppose to round us out then, predictions, we might, this might be an easier one than the last one. Um, start from the bottom. Falcons. Yeah, Falcons at the bottom. Fourth. Third is where I kind of am a bit unsure. I, 
I, I, I'll, I'll give mine out to you anyway and see if, if you're in agreement. I'd be going Buccaneers 1. I'd be going Panthers 2, Saints 3, and Falcons 4. I'm, I'm in agreement. Initially, I would have had Saints 2nd. But I like, um, I like sort of maybe going against the consensus here a little bit. I think mm. the Saints will be pegged for the number two spot. I, I'm happy to put Panthers number two. Yeah, and and that could, the caveat to this is that could be a, a two spot that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, this this could be a really bad episode to look back on. Yeah, um, it could be, but it's it's so difficult to predict this season. I just think there's not an obvious two. Um, no, but the more obvious one is the the Panthers for me anyway. I have my biases I touched on earlier. But yeah. Um, so look, I think that's what we'll go with. We'll go Buccaneers 1, Panthers at 2, Saints 3, and the Falcons at 4. I think we'll have made friends with some Carolina Panthers fans and some enemies with the Saints fans. Saints fans. I think the Falcons fans knew what was coming anyway. I think so. I mean, we bear them no ill will. No. No, we hope, hope they bounce back soon and I, I do enjoy watching a bit of Kyle Pitts. But yeah, I suppose... That's episode two. That's down south covered. It only makes sense that next week we go up north. Yeah. So, yeah. Make sure to tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. Yeah, do. Do. And obviously make sure to give us a, f- a like, follow, comment, subscribe. Um, wherever you find this podcast. Or also on our social channels. The Mid-Season Slump on Instagram. That is all from me. And that's all from me. Thanks, Sasquatch, and thanks, everyone. Good night. some people in the end zone right joe that's exactly right i mean there's nobody inside the 10 get back here it is the season's on the line two receivers left and right mccown takes the snap he steps up he's all by himself fires into the end zone caught touchdown no no the cardinals have knocked the vikings out of the